Welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. I want to jump straight in because uh, we don't have a huge amount of time and uh, I want to give the best deposit I can. You heard me say earlier that the church is a lifeboat, not a pleasure boat. We need to understand that because in many ways, those of us that are being called to carry the gospel are like firemen and we've just received the call that a building's on fire and we must go save lives. And here's the deal. If we take our eyes off our responsibility, if I was that fireman and I just got the call, hey, there's a huge fire broken out in an apartment block, hundreds of people could lose their lives and, and I take the call, put the phone down and then go and have a shave what would you think of me? And I, I use that analogy because I think sometimes in church life we're off having a shave while we should be out going to the people that we're supposed to be rescuing from a building and that having a shave is getting involved in the things of this world, that having a shave is thinking that we should have a voice in this arena or that arena, but actually we have been called to carry this message of the gospel to people that are dying. Jesus did not die to give you a career. He died to save people from hell. In fact, I think Jesus died to change your career. He wanted to change your career into, into your calling. And if you have not yet worked it out that your career must be your calling, you'll never find purpose in life. And so can I encourage you once again to revisit what you need to revisit. Go back to that place of the burning bush moment. Go back to that place of the dream of God, the call of God. Resolve. It means to solve or end a problem or a difficulty. And then release faith as much as you possibly can. And so as Carolyn was preaching last weekend in our series and she just kind of had this throwaway comment about the, the eight I am statements of Jesus in the Gospel of John. And as she said that, the Lord said to me very clearly, you're on next week. I want you to preach online and in service about those I am statements of Jesus. So here it is. You're going to get it this morning. It's kind of, some people will see it fundamental and foundational and others will go, I've not heard that before. And wherever you're at, just take out of what God has for you. I've called the title of this message, Do You Know Who I Am? Do you know who I am? Jesus, I think if He showed up today and brought a message, He would probably say to us in this um, Gentile nation, in this nation that hasn't grown up with roots solid in faith, He would come along and say, first of all, do you know who I am? And probably speak out of these thoughts that He deposited through the Gospel of John and uh, it starts off, I'm going to bring the first one from John chapter 6 and verse 35, where Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And when Jesus made that statement, He said, you know, just as bread sustains physical life, I'm the one that will sustain your spiritual life. And so it kind of begins the whole journey of the I am statements with Jesus just saying from the beginning, you know what, I am the bread of life. And I don't know about you, but in the natural, I, over the last four or five years, probably five years ago, I re recognised that I was intolerant to bread and whilst I love it, uh, it hurts me after, do you know what I'm talking about? And it doesn't matter whether I put an inch of butter on it or no butter on it. Uh, it doesn't matter whether I do this type or that type. After, it hurts me, I'm intolerant. But here's the deal, even to this day, if I walk into a home and they have just put fresh, garlic bread in the oven, put it on, 
done the time and then they open the door. Oh, it's just, even though it's gonna hurt me on the other side, I, how many people know I am gonna like, I'm gonna inhale at least three of those pieces of, does it, <laughs> it's just like, well, if it's gonna hurt, I might as well enjoy the first part of it. But you know what Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. And you know what, when you wake up in the morning, It will hurt to get up earlier to get that bread. It will hurt to take that little bit more time to digest Christ. But if you do that, you'll have spiritual life sustained through you. Jesus said, do you know who I am? I, I, I am the source of your spiritual life. And while church is kind of an offshoot of what I do, I am the source. While praise and worship is a byproduct of what I do, I am the source. While the podcast is a byproduct of what I do, I am the source. While the Bible app is a byproduct of what I do, I am the source. So if you come to me, I'll sustain you. Second thing he said, John 8 and verse 12, I am the light of the world. Got to turn the light on and to turn the light on is to come in contact with Jesus. To a world lost in darkness, Christ offers Himself as a guide. If you follow Him, you won't walk in darkness. Can I just put in here, beware of the corruption that comes from star signs, dream catchers, spirit guides, fortune tellers, clairvoyants. It just needs to be said in the here and now that, that He is the light. Not your star sign. I have so many people after I meet them for the first time and they can't we hit it off and they go, oh, what star sign are you? Oh, I say, King David. <laughs> they go, oh, <laughs> weird, haven't heard that one. And then I just gently go into the conversation, you know what, I know what I am in that zone, but I'm not identifying with that. Here's where I identify. Beware of these things that have come into our world that are trying to bring false light on your life. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. They can corrupt you, those things. They can cast a shadow across the light that Christ wants to bring. They could get you off course. I can't tell you how many Christians I've had to help with the fact that they've gone to a fortune teller who has prophesied some negative thing over their life or some thing contrary to God's plan and purpose. And then years later, they're still dealing with it because it's sowed a thought in their mind. And now they've created a script on the inside, made some internal covenants towards that script, contrary to what God has called. And they wonder why they're not getting the results that God promises here in His Word. It's because Jesus said, do you know who I am? I am the bread of light, I am the bread of life and I am the light of the world. I shed light on darkness. John 10 verse 7 and 9, he says, I am the door of the sheep. Jesus protects His followers as shepherds protect their flocks from predators. Jesus said, if you come in through me, you'll be saved. You'll be saved and find freedom. Oh, I like that, not just saved, going to heaven, but find freedom here on earth. And so here's where rubber meets the road. Your friend might have invited you to church. A family member might have invited you to church, but only Jesus can open the door that leads to eternal life. Only Jesus can open the door that can give you freedom from that addiction. Only Jesus can open the door that will give you freedom from that thought pattern that is just holding you back. He is the door. So it's not 
the brand name over the temple called the church. It's, it, it's not even the preacher up the front. It's Jesus, the door. And so you find if you're going to go through into a new place of freedom in any area of your life, you've got to go through Him. I love the connect leaders and group leaders in our church, but not even your connect group leader can give you freedom. He is the door. If Jesus showed up today, He would ask you this question, do you know who I am? He'd say, I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world and I am the door for the sheep. And I, I, I don't know about you, I don't really like being called a sheep because I know how silly those things can be. Oh, I come from the farm. They are the, it's like some of the dumbest animals. But honestly speaking, just for a moment, aren't we dumb sometimes? Like seriously, aren't we just dumb, go with the crowd people? Oh, I've been watching people on the road of late. Um, I've been driving slower on the road. Well, at least when I'm in a car, I do. And I, and there was this real, my wife kind of caught my attention to a sign on the back of someone's car yesterday that, about what you are if you're in the right-hand lane and he's passing you on the left-hand lane. I, I just looked at that. It was like pretty bad thought put in there. And then I'm driving down the road thinking, this guy thinks that the entire world revolves around him. But you know what? It doesn't. And I think we can pick up that kind of nature. Jesus said, I am the bread of life, the light of the world and the door for the sheep. And so I go to that thought. And I think when we're driving down the road, let's just take it out of church context for a moment and put it into traffic. It's just crazy how traffic follows each other without even real thought of where they're going how soon people pull over and get and start lining up in the left-hand lane like four kilometres before the turn-off. And like you're the most obnoxious road user ever if you don't go that way and you slip in a bit further down like just before the turn. But that's what sheep do. We just... But Jesus said, I'm the door. It doesn't matter how dumb you are, how smart you are, how cunning you are, regardless, there's only one door and that door is Jesus. In fact, the last point that we land on, I know we're only up to three or four, right? Wherever we're at. The last one we land on is where Jesus just says, I am. And when he spoke about this in his day, the Jewish people listened. In fact, they got irate. They said he had a demon when he finished his I am statements. And the reason was because Moses used that term back in Exodus. When God told Moses to go to Pharaoh and give this message, Moses says to God, who should I say sent me? And God says, I am. And so when you, Jesus used this term, the Jewish religious leaders of the day, that their ears pricked up because they went, oh, hang on, we, we only hear that term in one other place and that is God himself. So he said, I am the bread of life, the light of the world, the door for the sheep. And then he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Death is not the final word for those in Christ. Jesus said, if you believe in me, believe in me and you will live even if you die. And so can I just reinforce that Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life, that 
we are called into the kingdom of God, not just to carry out a kind of whole bunch of philosophies and principles and good morals and all these things just so that we can live a life at this level, but we're going into another zone of eternal life. And so one of the reasons we see craziness and a lack of hope in our world is because people don't have this belief in the eternal life. Something after this, you know, if you actually believe that when you finish this, this when you breathe your last, it's over. If you think you're dead like a dog is dead, then I'm sorry for the dog lovers. Um, let me use another one. If you think you're dead like a cat is dead, <laughs> goldfish, but whatever. <laughs> sorry, Janet, I feel really convicted now. <laughs> if if you if you feel like it's over, then of course you're going to have no restraint in this life. What have you got to live for? What have you got to be good for? You're good for nothing. So you just live the way you want to. But Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. And there is a resurrection and a life hereafter. And as a result of that, I call you to a different life here. And so when the rich young ruler came to him and he, he kind of got all down, he ticked all the boxes. He was tithing, he was moral, he was faithful, he was integral, he was all these things. He goes to Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? It was like he had it all, but he had nothing. Are you with me? That's where I got everything, but I got nothing. And, and when Jesus gave him the answer, he was not happy chappy. Because Jesus said, you know what? You lack one thing. You don't have any treasures in heaven. You've, not, you've stored up a lot here on earth, but you've got nothing in heaven. He said, so go sell everything. Give it to the poor. And he was like, but, 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 but <laughs> superannuation and investment property sometimes. <laughs> are, are you serious? And he walked away. And that stunned everyone around him because he was in a Jewish time and season. In verse 24 of that chapter, It says, Jesus saw his disappointment and looking right at him, he said, it is next to impossible for those who have everything to enter into God's kingdom realm. And it was like, whew, talk about suck the edge, the oxygen out of a room. He, Jesus just flattened the room with that response. But then he, that's when we get that great statement later. He says, with man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And he's actually speaking to the rich of the day and saying, you know what? You've you got to know because you've got everything, you're going to find it the most difficult to enter into kingdom's realm because you've got everything. You lack for, your faith will be low unless you press into a zone that you hold on to your faith. And the way that you do that the way that you do that is by making sure that you use your resource to put treasure in heaven. It's crazy that a lot of people think that Jesus doesn't put great demands on you. But listen, Jesus places His greatest demands, not through rules, but through relationship. And so when you hear His voice and He says, give that, you go, when you do that out of a relationship with Him, it's kind of, it's tough but it's easy at the same time. It's kind of both sides of the coin because you know that He's leading you into something better. He said, on the resurrection and life, He also said, I'm the good shepherd. These guys have given me the biggest hint ever, like speed it up. 
got eight points, you've only done four. I am the good shepherd. Listen to my voice, you'll never be led astray. And so can I just say this right here that Jesus is the good shepherd. I'm an under-shepherd. Any pastor is an under-shepherd. And whilst we do our best job, whilst maybe the Lord speaks through us consistently, we're the echo, we're not the voice. We shouldn't get it mixed up. We're the echo, we're not the voice. We're, we're the messenger, not the message. He's the message. He said, I'm the good shepherd. And I got under shepherds. We call them pastors, we call them prophets, we call them whatever. But we're just echoes, not voices, really. We shouldn't kind of, yeah, we do need to give honour, but let's not go hyper honour because he's still the head. That's good preaching, Pastor. Then he said, I'm the way, the truth and the life. John 14, 6, which you'll be familiar with, which he's, he's the source of truth and knowledge. It's God, not Google. No, no, come on, seriously. He's the source of truth and knowledge. It's God, not Google. I, like I find myself in the habit, if I don't know something now, I just talk to my phone. Hey, Google. And it, boom. And I'm, you know, I'm not against it. Let's not demonise it, but... But it's God who is the source of truth and knowledge. And the crazy thing in this is Jesus said, I am God. Let's not get that confused out there. It's pretty hard to make that statement out there. Jesus is God. But it shouldn't be hard for you to accept it, hold on to it, declare it on the inside and say, no, He is. We come to the end of this and he says, he says, you know what, before Abraham was, I am. Who do you think God was speaking to in Genesis 1? When he said, let us, make, let us make man in our image. Who is us and who is our? Was God just having a conversation randomly with, no, he was having a conversation with Christ. Let us make man in our image. I'm the way, the truth and the life. I am the true vine attached to Christ, attached to Christ, we can't help but bear fruit. Fruit flows from the roots and we're attached to Him. He's the true vine. But the interesting thing is that, that Jesus said in that Scripture where He says, I am the true vine. He says, and you are the branches and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off what doesn't bear fruit and He prunes what does. I'm not sure if you realise this, but uh, the life of faith that you've been called to, God wants you to do more with less. He, he'll cut things off that don't bear fruit. And, and so they didn't leave you, God cut them off. You didn't lose that, God trimmed. He said, if you are bearing fruit, I'm going to trim it back. I'm going to prune it so you can have more fruit. He says, I'm the true vine. Everything's flowing through me. You're a branch. If you remain in Christ, the Father will cut off everything that does not produce fruit and prune everything that does produce fruit. So you produce even more. Following Jesus often means doing more with less. And then finally, John 8, 58, Jesus said, I am. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. Everything starts and finishes with Jesus. And so... I don't know, I think we're in this pause 
this pregnant pause, this church where we're just going, Jesus, let's remind ourselves of who you are. Jesus would say, do you know who I am? I'm everything, pretty much. Pretty much start, it starts with me and it finishes with me. And so do you need to re- revisit that place of your encounter with God as we come into to land? Revisit Holy Ghost encounter. What's the problem that needs to be resolved? The difficulty, the conflict, what is it? I'm 100% convinced that what the Bible says is true. God is able. He does turn graves into gardens. Deserts into a place of oasis. Some of you need to revisit, like, like, like clearly some of you need to revisit the call of God. You've got caught up in the career, you've forgotten the call. You'll never be satisfied until you're fulfilling your God-given purpose. It'll all just be filler. It'll all just be mashed potato. It, it, it won't be the steak on the plate. It won't be the garlic prawns. It'll be the rice without it. It'll just be filler. But the, but the taste of heaven comes when you're fulfilling the calling. It doesn't mean we all got to kind of resign from our jobs and serve God by faith. It means that the career must point towards the calling. It means the career must serve the calling. It means that you've got to release something into your everyday that allows you to accomplish the fruit that needs to flow from that connection to Christ. Would you take a moment, bow your head. Father, thank you that in this place today, we know who Jesus is and we accept it as seed that would flow from our spirit and produce fruit. Help us, God, to let go, release fears, worries, concerns, and hold on to the faith that you put on the inside of us in Christ, in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on 9524 5055.